record now. Yeah, it's today talk. Talks right here, we gon' talk about it right here. We gon' talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We gon' talk about it right here. I'ma talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. Cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's today talks. And I'ma talk about it. Welcome to the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that educates and entertains. Remember, Tanae Talks and you listen. I have a very wonderful, exciting guest and topic today. We, I will be talking to the Jeremy Allen, journalist, uh, proud father, husband, excellent friend, all the above, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll be talking about our summer working at Cedar Point, America's rocking roller coast. And I just thought it was just apropos to discuss this topic since it's summer and we're in the thick of working and people are, you know, having summer jobs. And we just want to share our experience because it was a hell of... (laughs) (laughs) It was a hell of an experience working at Cedar Point. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by the Money Mom Podcast, where we talk about everything else. Let's talk about money. You're a mom. You have the desire to start a business, go back to school, or change careers, but since you've had kids, it's hard to stay motivated. You may be reading books or listening to different podcasts about changing your financial life, but it's a disconnect because the people you are listening to are not mothers themselves. Don't worry, I got you. On the Money Mom Podcast, I interview a variety of moms chasing their financial dreams. We talk openly and honestly about balancing money and motherhood. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, most of the major podcasting platforms. Follow me on Instagram at The Money Mom Podcast or look at my Facebook page, The Money Mom Podcast. We talk about everything else. Let's talk about money. So shout out to Shreef, the founder of the Money Mom Podcast. And make sure y'all check that out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow her on Instagram at the Money Mom Podcast. I love that tagline. We talk about everything else. Let's talk about money. So guys, I've been on a complete hiatus from Tanae Talks Podcast. And I apologize to y'all because I missed y'all. But your girl started a new full-time job. And, and I, I'm absolutely loving it. But y'all, they're making me work, work. I'm talking about they're making me work hard for this money. <laughs> and that's exactly what they're doing. But in the same vein of working, 
And this is the last episode of this season before we go into next season. And next season is wedding season because if you've been listening to me for a while or if you're just now tuning in, your girl got engaged and I'm getting married. So next season will be all about chronicling that journey. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to bring Jeremy Allen. Jeremy is a team leader for marketing at Bedrock Detroit. He's a Detroit native. He graduated from Eastern Michigan University in 2006 and 11. Go Eagles. I mean, it's all about go blue for me, but they was right next door. So, you know, it's all <laughs> to the good. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. One minor correction. I'm a, I'm a Pontiac native. Uh, did oh. spend some time. Yeah, <laughs> did spend some time growing up in Detroit, but uh, you know, Pontiac is is where I was born and raised, though. Okay, well, shout out to the Pontiac then. That's closer to yeah. I'm a Flintstone through and through. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you yeah, spent a little uh, time in Flint. I did, I did. So in my career as a journalist, prior to entering the marketing field, um, I was I was actually a reporter at the Flint Journal. So. Spent about a year and a half up there around the time when the Flint water crisis broke out. But, uh, you know, it was great. I got a chance to meet a lot of business owners in Flint, a lot of, a lot of people doing great work up there, uh, especially in the nonprofit area. So it was definitely a good time up there in Flint. I know it was because we lit. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about what you currently do before we before we throw it all the way back and let them know how we first met each other. Yeah, so right now I work in downtown Detroit uh, with a company called Bedrock Real Estate. Um, and it's the largest real estate and development company in the city. And so, yeah, what we do is uh, we, we dabble in all sorts of real estate. So we do ground up development. Um, if, if anybody is in the downtown Detroit area, if you've seen the Hudson's project, you know, Hudson's used to be the biggest uh, retail shopping uh, plaza in America. And, you know, it was demolished a while back and now we're uh, rejuvenating it, building it from a gr from the ground up. Um, but projects like that is what I'm involved in, uh, as well as uh, retail and and uh, residential in downtown Detroit. Um, and, and one of the other things that we do, which is kind of unique to a real estate company, is that we do uh, event and program activations. So again, if anybody has been in the downtown area, for the winter, we did a, a drive-in movie theater in downtown Detroit, first of its kind ever. And uh, currently through the summer, we, we have a, an activation called the Monroe Street Midway, which is a basketball, roller rink, uh, live DJ park. So it's it's a great experience, uh, something like nobody has ever seen downtown in the city. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to get out there and make their way down to the Monroe Street Midway because it's an excellent, uh, excellent way to spend a night in the summer so y'all heard it here on tonight talks make sure y'all get down to detroit to the midway check it out soon as i get to michigan y'all know i'm in texas now but as soon as i get to Mich michigan i'm gonna go down and i'm gonna support because i saw the photos i saw a little bit of uh media coverage and it looks dope so y'all doing the thing i, I really feel like y'all stole our name you know the flintstones is bedrock but we let it <laughs> yeah look we so we uh that was one of the things i saw a while back when i was in like i said when i was working in flint uh that clothing line was up and coming you mm -hmm. know and it was like they were starting to branch out and do a whole lot of things but the bedrock line in, in flint is, is dope it's lit and, and they got the storefront now in downtown flint so 
Shout out to all the entrepreneurs out there. Shout out to everybody that's getting it. But let's get into the meat of the matter, Mr. Jeremy. And that is our crazy ass summer at Cedar Point, America's rocking roller coaster. <laughs> Man, so many, so many stories, so many good times, so many uh, things that make me scratch my head thinking about to, you know, how we spent our summer almost two decades ago. I ain't trying to age us, but you know what I mean? Almost two decades ago, we was we was there. Uh, Jeremy, when you put it in those terms, when you when you put it in those terms, it makes me feel old, but we still look good. So oh, shout yeah. out to Good Jeans and Black Don't Crack. There you go. <laughs> so 17 years ago, I met Jeremy at Cedar Point and y'all working at Cedar Point, what really prompted me to do this episode was I had a crazy memory like a few weeks ago and I put it on my Facebook. So if you follow me on my personal page, I have uh, posted a story about one of my friends at Cedar Point who was a homosexual and he was dating a guy who was a midget who had a club foot and the friend was like six foot two and then there was like a literal midget who had a club foot and he was letting this midget break his heart because he was pulling around the whole CP. And so people were like cracking up <laughs> and they like, you gotta be kidding. They're like, oh, you lying. You're making this up. Jeremy worked there. He's there to attest that it was crazy. <laughs> nah, like everything. I mean, it's some stories like the one you just talked about that if you tell people, they'd be like, nah, that, that could have never happened. But Cedar Point was this hodgepodge of college students, international people. Um, you know, we just started dubbing as locals, like the people who came back every summer, yeah. um, who was just, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> just kind of vagrants a little bit. You know, they bounced around from place to place. And yeah. Cedar Point was like an easy landing spot for them. But uh, when you get all of those mix of personalities and life experiences and you make them live together in these wild and crazy dorms, <laughs> it's just you never know what, what stories is going to come out of those those uh, situations. Boy, if those walls could talk. So <laughs> when Jeremy <laughs> referred, when he says a hodgepodge of people, it was literally a melting pot. When you think about America and you think about when they talk about like when people first settled here or coming off the, um, what is that in New York? The ferry that everyone gets off of, like when they first Yeah, started. I know what you're talking about, yeah. Well, that, that's basically what <laughs> Cedar Point was. Like we could have literally had our own reality show, like real world, <laughs> real world Cedar Point. So like, it was people from all over the world, Pol Pol uh, Poland, yeah. Russia, Kazakhstan, uh, Paris, France, um yeah. mexico the dominican republic anything nationality race that you can think of worked and, and it was because it was cheap labor right and that's what cedar point saw that cedar point was just like we need people who are gonna come here we need a few thousand people who are gonna come here don't mind working 60 70 hours a week in the extreme heat uh because $7, $8 an hour here is going to beat the 4 or $5 an hour that they're making over there. 
and they just sponsored all of these work visas for international uh, folks to come over. So, you know, when you throw that in the mix again with like the college students and, the, you know, people who are uh, one of my friends referred to it as like homosexuals who just want to <laughs> kind of live somewhere, you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of what it was. So you had all of these mixtures just there in the heat, living in the same spot for the whole summer. And it was just, you never knew what, what crazy things was going to happen from day to day. Every day was a new adventure. It, it literally was a new adventure. And so well, I, got, I got so much to say because there's so much, but <laughs> so like Jeremy said, almost two decades ago. So my first summer at Cedar Point, um, oh, you, sorry, before I get to that, you called them hobosexuals. I called us indentured servants, especially the, over, <laughs> the overseas. So you guys have to understand, basically, and these might be trade secrets, but basically Cedar Point paid for people to come from their country and they basically had to work to pay them back. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. and so it was like an indentured service because they, and they would beg to get other people's hours. <laughs> so a typical work day that I would work would be 18 hours a day. And so um, imagine we're just regular American college students working 18 hours a day. The overseas students will want to double that and be like, can I have more of your hours? So they will be working like a 30 hour day or I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day, but they're stretching it. <laughs> to the whole 24 hours. <laughs> no, they would do they would do like 6 a.m. to midnight and then come back the next day at 6 a.m. They like we own it. We grind it. Not not my ministry. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to tell how I got to Cedar Point. So I worked at Cedar Point. Well, that's why I met Jeremy, summer of 2004. Wow, crazy, 17 years ago. And yeah. what led me to Cedar Point was, you know, after my freshman year of college, you, you want a summer job, you want somewhere to work. So I knew a girl who had worked the previous summer. And I'm like, I want to go work at Cedar Point. Mind you, you can live on campus. As he talked about, we lived in dorms. Rent was cheap. The highest I ever paid for rent, Jeremy, was $24. How much is the high you ever paid? Yeah, I think it was like $20, $24 a week, like something like that. Yeah. And it so we're talking right less than 100 a month. Yeah. yeah. Less than $100 a month came right out your check. And we got paid weekly. And we'll get into that. So we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, one of my friends the summer before had work um, and she got pregnant. And so when I was, you know, perusing the idea to my mom to let me go, she's like, uh-uh, such and such went and got pregnant. Don't you come back here pregnant, right? So I wasn't having intercourse at the time, y'all. I was a late bloomer. And so I'm looking like, mama, you don't got nothing to worry about. But she's thinking like, you go over there, you might bust it wide open, you know? <laughs> so I, I, can, I convinced my mama to let me go with my best friend, Charles. Shout out to Charles. And we got in my car and we drove to Cedar Point. So that was like the, uh, that wasn't the longest distance I ever drove, but it was kind of like the first time I felt like an adult that I'm leaving home. Even though you go to college, you still kind of feel like a kid, but just like you're leaving home and I'm going to work. Um, at Cedar Point. So that's what led me to apply and work. Uh, a good friend worked there. So I was like, let me try it out. What led you to work there? Yeah, very similar experience. You know, I was a freshman at Eastern and uh, that was my first taste of freedom. You know, I got on campus when I was 17 
And I was like, oh, this this life. Like, I ain't got to, you know, come home at a certain time. I ain't got And I wasn't a wild, wild guy. You know what I mean? But I was just like, it, it felt good to have independence and freedom and not have to rely on anybody. So, you know, February, March coming along and I'm looking for summer jobs. And uh, I'm like, man, I'm either going to work on my major. Like, I'm going to get a summer job that's relevant to my major or I'm just going to, you know, chuck it up and go back to the crib. Well, one of my friends, uh, she came from a very strict household um, and she was also a freshman at the time. And she said, look, I'm not going back home. I don't care what I do. I'm not going back home. <laughs> this taste of freedom was too liberating for me to go back home. Right. And so she said, all right, well, uh, I saw this poster in the eateries that talked about working at Cedar Point and how great it is. And we all went to Cedar Point for high school trips. And so she was like, this would be the best thing ever. And she convinced me to go ahead and sign up. And I'm like, all right, bet. Now I'm going to start recruiting all the homies to go up there. And this was summer, uh, summer 2002. Okay, uh, so you were there. So that by the time I met you, you were two summers deep. Yeah, that was our th- <laughs> that was my third summer was your first summer. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what kept me coming back, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no. So I, you know, I wound up doing that and uh, filling out my application and everything, getting a call back from the recruiter, and uh, wound up starting probably two weeks after. Uh, you know, the second semester of college let out my freshman year. So it was, you know, end of April, beginning of May was when I was when I started at Cedar Point for the summer. Wow. That is so dope. Like, it is such a good place for like friendships and your friend. I feel like working there is a word to mouth. It was like, once one friend works there, then it it just kind of like trickles down. And once I got there, it was so many people that I knew. But it was also so many people that I, I met, you know, because college students came from all over, from California to New York, you know. And I thought it was really cool how our badges had, like, our universities on them. Right, right. And, you know, it was just really, it was just so cool. And you used the term liberating. And, yes, it was liberating and free. You know, it was really my first, you know, we lived in the dorms, right? But it's like... Right. At Cedar Point, you're in dorms and you're paying rent. So it's like, this is your first actual taste of getting taxes taken out your check. And when you like WTF, I mean, <laughs> because it's different from like a McDonald's high school job where you, you like, right. oh, I get my taxes taken out. But after you didn't work an 18 hour day and you're, you're out, your check <laughs> says you worked 175 hours a week and then <laughs> to get crumbs back, you're like, what am I doing different. here? <laughs> it hit different, yeah. But, it, you know, it was for me, it was, um, you know, it was straight because, again, like I said, just just getting there, getting away, experiencing something different. In a lot of ways, it almost did feel like college. Uh, but instead of going to work or instead of going to class, we went to work. Granted, much longer hours. <laughs> but uh, but uh, it was it was cool, though, because, again, it, it just had that same setup, you know, and and I think your experience at Cedar Point came from whatever mindset you took going into Cedar Point, Yeah, you know? And so for me, it was like, I knew I had these loans to pay off in college. I knew, you know what I mean? Uh, as supportive as my family was, they weren't, they didn't have the financial means to, to help me pay for school. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, man, look, I got some scholarship money that I'm paying for first semester. I'm taking scholarship money that I was going to put toward second semester and put that toward first semester. 
so I can get, you know, I'll worry about second semester in the summer. And uh, that was sort of my, the, the cause for these repeat uh, offenses of me going back to Cedar Point every summer. You know, right. <laughs> it was like, I knew I could hustle during the summer to get to get a uh, second semester paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let let a lot of these uh, grants and scholarships and stuff and stuff I had, you know, take care of my first first semester tuition. That was very smart, Jeremy, and also very strategic. Um, my undergrad was free, but, you know, I had other expenses and that year, the second semester of my freshman year, I ended up getting a new car. And so Cedar Point was actually for me to pay my car note and my car insurance. And because I was under the age of 25, my car insurance was like $300 a month. So I was really hustling at Cedar Point. And, and the bonus was, you know, if you work your full contract, you got the additional bonus. Right. So, you know, that didn't hurt. <laughs> yeah. And, f- and for people who, who don't know, Cedar Point was... Um, you told them when you were going to work, That's you know, right. you set out a contract. So again, like we talked about college students from all across the country, go to work at Cedar Point and with varying dates of school starting back, you know, some starting August, some starting September, mm-hmm. uh, people would say, here's when, when I want to start work, here's when I want to end work. And as long as, uh, you know, it was agreed by both sides, then they, they built a bonus incentive into your contract and said, Hey, if you come here and don't quit early, because so many people do. If you yeah. stay throughout the duration, we'll, we'll pay you an additional bonus. And I think mine was like $1 per hour for every hour that I worked during the summer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're bringing back so many memories. <laughs> like what he said, everybody did fulfill their contract. Only the strong survived. <laughs> it was literally survival of the fittest. <laughs> Like, yeah, you had to have tough skin, mind you. It's college students from all over the all over the world, so you got to deal with personalities, body odor, uh, people exploring <laughs> their sexuality, racism. You know, everything. <laughs> it was a it was a crash course in cultural competency, and I would not change it for the world. Okay, absolutely, and, and everything you just touched on was the not work experience, right? <laughs> like those were things we had to deal with when we weren't on the clock. When, when you were on the clock, it was a whole other set of circumstances that you had to deal with, you know? <laughs> so when you talk about only the only the fit survive, man, I cannot, uh, I cannot accentuate that point enough because that <laughs> is the truth. I had, I had a couple of homies who got down there at, uh, beginning of May and was back home by the beginning of June. So it was like, yo, I can't. I can't do it. As soon as I can get one of my people to come pick me up, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't for everybody. So let's talk about the work experience. Where did you work at Cedar Point? And, and how, I know you started in 2002. How many summers did you work and where exactly did you work? Yeah. So again, three summers in, I did uh, 02, 03, and 04. So it was the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, summer between my sophomore and junior year and then the summer between my junior and senior years and uh, all three years I worked in retail so uh, my first year I worked at the lockers and uh, and stroller rental spot in the very front of the park so if y'all been to Cedar Point as soon as you walk in you would turn to the right and you would see a big sign next to like where the demon drop used to be for for the old school cats and uh, you know so we did the locker rentals and we did the uh, the stroller rentals right there. 
So that was a real cool laid back gig. You know, we had a, a huge rush in the beginning of the day when everybody was coming in trying to secure their lockers at the front of the park. And then a huge rush again at the end of the day uh, when people was leaving the park, checking out, returning strollers and all of that stuff. So uh, that was my first summer. My second summer, I went back there and worked in the same spot, but I was bouncing around too. I got promoted to supervisor by, by my second summer. So I was bouncing around doing a little bit of everything. Um, Pause. I want to talk about being a supervisor. So there's a hierarchy. <laughs> He's shaking his head because people get drunk with power when we explain this hierarchy. And I had to pause it right there because it's very important that they understand the levels. So yeah. when you work at Cedar Point and they orient you, they take you into this room and they really make you feel like America's rock and roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> There is a hierarchy of like how much you get paid and basically your social standing within the company. So they have the, what is called the green tags. Those are people that are high schoolers that locally live in Sandusky, Ohio, maybe got a work permit and they work. You got the red tags, like a regular employee, like me, I was a red tag. Um, you just, you might get paid a certain amount, but like the $7.25 an hour, you got basic, basic duties. Then there is the blue tags. Then there is the double blue tags. And then you can get up to uh, gold, silver. It goes all the way up to like the, corp the corporate behind the scenes where you could be a silver tag. So some people, one of the men in my orientation was a green tag, went from a green tag all the way up to silver. So there were people actually there really trying to build their way up or work their way up in the company. And they could be drunk with power as opposed to a lot of us. We like, we're just here to get our money and to get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I, I started as a, uh, my second summer, I started as a blue tag. So that was like, I reported to a, a double blue tag. The double blue tags had like their first and last name on their name tag. Everybody else had their first name. <laughs> And the double blue was basically the team leader's team leader. So every <laughs> then, then was the most drunk with power. Think about the worst middle manager you ever reported to because of everything that makes a middle manager annoying. And that was like the double blue tag, right? So uh, the blue tags reported to the double blues. I, I started my second summer as a blue tag there. And um you know, everything was cool. So I had a I had a team of like seven or eight people that reported to me, uh, but we was all laid back. Like my personality is not one to be like, you know, I'm, I'm understanding <laughs> right. of all of the I'm understanding of all of the influences that played a part in how you showed up to work that day. So I was like, yo, we gonna we gonna just rock with the vibe, man. If if y'all cool having fun, we finna all be cool having fun. You know, we finna just uh, make this thing happen because I'm not here to stress out or stress nobody else out. So let's just, let's, let's vibe and let's, let's get a good, uh, you know, good work relationship going. So um, that's how I spent the majority of my second summer. Um, I got promoted to a double blue tag at the end of my second summer. And I was like, I don't have any plans on coming back here. I'm, I'm done with this place. <laughs> you know, I could take this tag back, whatever, whatever. And, uh, <laughs> you know, lo and behold, that that was my backup plan for year three. And, and I wound up going back for year three. And in year three, I worked in the recording studio uh, that was down a little bit from the entrance. So, Pause. yeah. Time out. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up because I got a little nostalgia here. Okay. 
Oh, yeah, superstars. <laughs> superstars. That's why I spent summer 2004. <laughs> so for y'all... If you wanted to be a star, you had aspiring dreams. You could go to Cedar Point. You could record you a song or a music video. This here is yeah. my music video. Oh, man. <laughs> that is, you're career. talking about nostalgia. Yeah, you're talking about nostalgia. It's crazy, though, because, um, and, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but, uh, you know, summer, summer romances were a serious thing at Cedar Point. We'll get um, to that. <laughs> so we'll, get, we'll definitely get to that. But, uh, you know, that third summer was uh, the summer where I met my wife. And so we, we hop into that story a little bit later. But, uh, you know, for several reasons, that was probably my most memorable summer there. 2004 was lit. I don't know what was in the air. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that solidified for me. Like, this is where it's at. And I did two summers. I did summer... 05, which is my freshman year going to my sophomore, I mean, excuse me, 04, freshman going into my sophomore year in 05, sophomore going into my junior year. And I started off at Kitty Kingdom, KK Holla, and mm-hmm. that's also at the front of the park where like the, the tiny kids can go and play like three, uh, two to five year olds. And we called it Kitty Hill because <laughs> the kids were screaming and crazy and the parents always just had some weird request because they everybody thinks their child is the greatest you know so I had to get up out of there and <laughs> all within the same summer I spent a few weeks at KK Holla aka Kitty Kingdom and then I went over there to the uh old-fashioned cars that you ride around on the rail and then I ended that summer I spent the remainder of the summer at uh, Coasters which was a 1950s themed restaurant and I spent the remainder of the summer there. When I came back the following year, I was at Coasters, um, the restaurant, which I which was heaven because when you work at Kitty Kingdom or the cars, you're outside in 100 degree weather, rain, sleet, or snow. Well, not snow, oh, but rain or sleet. <laughs> and definitely a lot of rain. <laughs> or extreme temperatures. So to go to inside the restaurant, I was I was good because I could be indoors. So it was a good time. So what is like, we got to get into these stories. So what is your wildest memory at Cedar Point? Oh, man. Uh, so many of them. But I mean, for me, I think uh, one of the things that stands out most is, and this, this story actually led to me starting a side hustle while I was there, right? So you talked about we got paid every week. Um, and then we talked about the dynamic of the people who was there, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of people were either sending money back home, like the overseas people were sending money back home, or some of the locals who worked there, like the older people who I dubbed locals, uh, who just came back every single year, regardless of their circumstances. Mm-hmm. They were just fiscally irresponsible. You know, <laughs> I don't just didn't know what to do with money. They blew it every night on the bar that was right across the street from the dorms. Louis, uh, Louis, <laughs> anybody who worked at Cedar Point knows what Louis is. Um, but so one night my roommates were going over to Louis to hang out, kick it, chill. And one of the guys didn't have any money. So he actually tried to sneak into Louis. Louis had like a $5, $10 cover charge, something like that. 
And he was like, man, I'm finna sneak in. I'm finna run up a tab and I'm finna dip and they not gonna know nothing about it. I was like, I don't know about that, man. You should uh, <laughs> you, you should rethink this. So he winds up sneaking in, right? Like just kind of following the pack, pushing the pack through, sneaks into the club, no issues, right? Mm-hmm. Then he's, he uh, winds up getting a couple drinks from the bar and like, I'm gonna go back and grab my money real quick. I'll come right back to pay. Never did. And he wound up hitting like two or three bartenders like this, right? So when he's ready to leave, the bartenders told security that he didn't pay his tab. He winds up running out, running to the dorms, thinking he's all in the clear. So we in our room chilling at like three in the morning, sitting up wide awake. And the bartenders and the security from Louis come banging on our door. How did they know like, what y'all, y'all doing? They they wound up had somebody pointed the dude out. Mm-hmm. So I didn't even go with him because I barely went to Louis, right? My mind was just, I don't need this. This ain't what I'm about, but whatever. So I, I went over because everybody was going over and it was just a good time that night. Um, so they come in at three o'clock in the morning banging on our door because security let them in because they told them all about what happened, whatever, whatever, right? So my man gets dragged out of his bed at three o'clock in the morning by Louis security. And he got into a fist fight with him in the parking lot. Dude wound up getting stomped out in the parking lot at Cedar Point. <laughs> All because he felt like, look, because he didn't he didn't save $20 to go to Louis that week. Wow. I'm like, bro, all you needed was $20 to avoid getting stomped out and arrested because like petty, petty theft at this point. You know what I mean? But to me, to have seen that because he was in again i lived in a um in a dorm where there were four or five different bedrooms and two to mm-hmm. three people per room so it oh, was you an stayed apartment. in the apartment part yeah yeah, yeah yeah so it was like 12 15 people in this apartment and he was in the room right across the hall from me and so i hear banging on his door and i'm like yo what's, what's happening you know what i mean i get up ready to i don't know what's going on but i'm from pontiac like if i hear something <laughs> like that i'm ready to you know what right. i mean so yeah, uh, <laughs> but I, I followed the whole situation out, man, and it was like a hundred people out there just watching my man get stomped out. And then when the police came, they thought he he was trying to tell them to arrest security, and it was like, nah, you going to jail, bro? And my man wound up getting out of jail, trying to come <laughs> back to work. <laughs> I'm like, you really you really want this situation again, cuz? And uh, <laughs> it didn't happen, man. But you know, that was, to me, that was like overall one of the probably one of the craziest stories I've seen and I was like and the thing that made it the craziest is just it was literally over twenty dollars yeah you know and, what I mean and Louis was like so for you guys who didn't work at Cedar Point those who t- tune in who worked I know this will be very nostalgic for you Louis like was directly across the street from the dorm like you had to kind of go through a parking lot and a fence and you're over there and we got paid weekly on Thursdays. And like Jeremy said, it's like $5 to get in, cheap drinks. It's underage drinking. It's, yeah. you know, because you can be <laughs> 16 on up <laughs> to work. I don't think they were carding a soul. And um, it was a good time. One of my wildest memories besides the club foot midget cheating on my uh, friend it what happened at Louis, you know, so I'm going to Louis. I'm still green, y'all. So I'm going to Louis, you know, with my best friend and he befriended some new friends. So 
one night I went and I had on uh, a church, a, a t-shirt from my church from youth day. Like everybody got youth day, right? At their church. But I didn't wore it to Louis, which is basically our local club. So I didn't tied it up. <laughs> I got on my hip huggers. I'm hip rolling. And it literally says Angel Choir House of Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> I kept rolling for dear life because this was it before twerking. It was, I'm here rolling with the best of them, like Shakira. Uh, and this girl comes up to me and was like, "You supposed to be a Christian? What you got that shit up on? Like, what you in here for?" And I'm like, "Are you a Christian?" She's like, "Yeah." And then like, I'm in here the same reason you in here. So we had our little altercation. So then I'm dancing, you know, I'm real friendly. And this midget, I mean, not a midget, this, well, she was short, um, girl came, start dancing all over me and she didn't have a, a hand. It was like a hand and then like no hand. She's trying to freak me up. She's, and I'm like, <laughs> so at first I'm all like, okay. But then it got a little too, you know. Too personal. She is, you're in my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, she was from Louisiana. So she's like, baby, you know, and I had just came from Dillard. I, my freshman year, I went to Dillard before I transferred. And they're like, yeah, she she wants to be with you. And I'm like, who? They're like, you. <laughs> mm. like, it's a no for me. So that was just like a crazy, that's like a memory that I'll never forget because she's missing a hand. Mm-hmm. And she she chose me. She was choosing that night. You chose me. And like, Don't choose me, please. You gotta you gotta watch who you hip rolling around. You know what I mean? You can you can hypnotize some people. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about life lessons of Cedar Point. You know, we got these stories, and we're smiling. Talk about Cedar Point because it was a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. What life lessons did you learn at CP that you just kind of carried with you throughout your professional career, like personal life? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you talked earlier just about the melting pot, right? It was just, it's, you interact with so many different people, so many different cultures, and that's outside of the workspace. And then when you think about the one of the biggest amusement parks in the country, you're getting people who spending thousands of dollars to bring their whole family to this environment and what they expect as a result of that, right? Like it might cost the family a four or $200 to get into the park, but you don't, you know, you don't realize what it costs before that $200 for them to get there. Maybe they took a plane to get there. Maybe they had to rent a car to get there. Maybe they paying for a hotel for the weekend. So they might be a thousand dollars in. And when they get to you, they looking at you is like, you supposed to provide, $1,500 worth of customer service, even though it only costs $200 to get into the park. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I learned was just really how to uh, how to assimilate my customer service skills to accommodate for any personality type, you know, because it is really the ultimate test of um, dealing with different people, different personalities. When you think about people waiting in line two hours to ride a roller coaster for you know, 90 seconds when you're thinking about all of the money that they spend in, when you're thinking about 
the heat that they in and crying kids and all of those things, um, they're going to be much, much less uh, temperament or much more temperamental Mm -hmm. than you are for just having to be at work for 15, 16 hours in a day. You know what I mean? And so I think that was one of the biggest things. And when I say customer service, I don't just mean from a retail perspective. You know, even when I'm in this in this marketing profession, in this journalism profession, a lot of it carried over. You know what I mean? Because when I was a journalist, I was interviewing people who had just had family members killed or who had just you know lost a business or uh, started their business. And just so many different um, emotional, uh, so much emotional baggage that came along with each one of those things. Like having worked at Cedar Point for so long and dealing with different personalities, a lot it, it really allowed me to cater that customer service mindset to whoever I was talking to in whatever field I was in. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jeremy, that, those are some great lessons because <clears throat> as I said, Cedar Point was definitely a teaching ground. And like you said, it, it just, it's just, as they say, transferable skills. You will be able to transfer a lot of the things that you learned there and make it applicable. And your professional life, personal life, and it has brought you much success. One of the lessons that I learned that that carries me is just, I used to always say that I worked in a diverse environment. Like when I would go on a job interview, they would be like, you know, what's, what's your diversity experience? And I could say that I literally worked side by side with people from Poland, Poland, Russia, Kazakhstan, China, and, and it's not fraud. And I was able to mm-hmm. immerse myself in their culture and they were able to immerse themselves in my culture. And I taught them things and they taught me things. And it, you know, sometimes a lot of people that come to Cedar Point may have only known their college, university and home. They may, they, they didn't know, it teaches you how to interact with people of different ethnicities. Um, the other lesson that carries me on is when we were in that orientation with all the higher ups, and they, they said something that really stuck out. They said, you know, the Cedar Point doesn't have a lot of advertising. And I had to really think about it. Like, right. I never really saw commercials for Cedar Point kind of towards the summer a little bit. But you didn't really see commercials or ads in magazines. <clears throat> and they said, um, we are known, like, as you said, customer service. And they, they drilled that into us that this family may be coming from Pennsylvania. And they're coming and they're looking for an experience. And if they have a good experience, they're going to tell three other families. And then those three other families are going to come. And then they're going to tell three other families. So it's about how you treat people and how you make them feel. And to your point, we work in 18-hour days, but we still got to have a smiling face and make them feel good. So I learned that even when I'm doing my podcast, I don't have a marketing budget and I'm not you know, on a huge network that supports me. So I have to do my best, put it in someone's hands and hope that they tell somebody who tells somebody who tells somebody about it. And so that, you know, that just really, um, that just really stuck with me. And it's just a life lesson that I cherish. Yeah. And those, those are great lessons. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And, um, and that's aside from just the things we learn outside of work. You know what I mean? Dealing with different people and different personalities. And uh, that was, you know, again, prior to that, you deal with it on a minor level with people who are your peers and your age when you're in high school and even in college. Mm -hmm. You know, but when you get to this environment where 
you know, I worked with people who were, I, I had a lady who was reporting to me my second year who was 58 years old. You know what I mean? And, and I probably would not have been in that situation at that young of an age. I was 19. You know, I, w- I wouldn't have been put in that situation in, in, in many other uh, circumstances. And so this lady was, you know, recently retired after the death of her husband and decided that she was, you know, about to sell her house, get an RV and travel across the country. And then she found out about working this job during the summer at Cedar Point. And she knew she loved, you know, middle America. She was from Seattle, Washington. She was just like, I'm going to come out here and live. And like, so interacting with her on a daily basis, teaching her about this new thing that she had never really experienced before. Um, like all of those things took a part in my development as a professional and in my personal life. For sure. Yeah. yeah gr- great life lessons. Yeah. Then when you talk about being over a 58 year old, so diversity did just come in ethnicity. It came in ages, you know, teachers would come because they didn't have to teach in the summer. Or as you said, the, the, the vagrants, I guess that's the term you use, but people who were like working at Cedar Point for years and years and because it's cheap rent you know I yeah. always encourage people if you don't have a job or you feel like you're on your last leg apply to Cedar Point you'll have a room and board cheap food you can eat on campus you know what I mean and I, I always encourage young people to go it is definitely a training ground to mature you broaden your skills your horizons I was a healthcare major in undergrad and I worked at Cedar Point, even though I worked in t- technically hospitality and hospitality made a lot of them work there too. But again, those are transferable skills and people just are can be so singular sometimes to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm going into this field. I should only work here. But these other working at someplace like a Cedar Point will train you up to be better at something else or in Absolutely. your field, it'll hone those skills. Yeah, like I said, like just dealing and interacting with people. Again, I'm I'm in marketing and was formerly in journalism. Um, like everything I did on a daily basis, really, you can see it in my work. You know, if I've ever interviewed you or if I've ever written a story about you or covered a topic of your interest, I approach it differently because it, it allows me to really tap into the people side of things as opposed to just like the surface level of stuff. You know, so um, and that's just something that I was able to really tap into during my time at Cedar Point, because, you know, again, the mindset that you take into it is what you're going to get out of it. And a lot of people, you can look at it as just a way to get away from family and a way to get away from home for the summer or a way to escape whatever reality you got going on back home, you know, but I went there because I knew again, like, yeah, it was, it was an opportunity to be liberated from, from the roles of the house, but it was also like, no, I got to focus so I could pay off my tuition. You know, I know I'm going here and and that doesn't mean I didn't engage in some side activities, but I always have my eye on the prize. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you can engage in some side activities. Let me tell y'all, the first time I ever drank was at Cedar Point Mad Dog 2020. And you're not supposed to drink. You're not supposed to have drinks. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Especially, and look, just you as a human being ain't supposed to be drinking no mad dog. <laughs> that MB that 2020 and how you wild. <laughs> as we can see what 2020 did for us. Mad dog right. was, was warning us. Okay. 
and and lastly, let's go ahead and talk about tapping in. Let's tap into the love life at Cedar Point. Mm-hmm. And he kind of mentioned it earlier, but Jeremy is a father and husband, and he found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us about that. Listen, this seemed like summer love was the backdrop for every summer I spent to Cedar Point. Uh, so I had a girlfriend in high school who, uh, you know, she wound up going to school at Penn State and and I wound up coming to school at Eastern and um you know I told her look we we just kind of had a thing going like our senior year of high school and I said we going our separate ways you know we like each other but we didn't love each other so mm-hmm. I was just like look let's just go ahead and you know not try to hold each other back while we going in in two different directions and uh, really launching into our different experiences, you in, in Pennsylvania and me in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's that's cool. It was mutual, you know what I'm saying? Her feelings a little bit on both sides, but we was both understanding of like, it's cool if we go our separate ways. Um, apparently that wasn't totally true on her end because she talked to my sister, found out I was going to Cedar Point for the summer and then she wound up applying and kind of chasing me there, right? So... I had that to kind of deal with when I got there because she popped up, didn't let me know she was coming and, <laughs> and that stuff. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so all the time she was like, yo, we here together now in the summer, we can rekindle. And life comes at you fast to see your point, right? So <laughs> my first week at Cedar Point, um, my, my boss at the time was hitting on me something crazy. You know, an attractive, slightly older than me lady. Uh, you know, I was 19 at the time. She was 27. And she was pushing up on me real hard. And, uh, you know, I didn't resist. So I was like, let's, <laughs> let's, well, let's, let's <laughs> so at the time, I was just like, man, I don't know what to expect from this spot. So. Let me just go ahead and indulge, you know. So we had a summer fling going on the whole summer. Um, even it even spilled over a couple months into when I went back to school. Yeah, it was it was a wild situation. Uh, but we wound up breaking had up. A sugar mama. <laughs> <laughs> so we wound up breaking up, right? And it was no again, like no hard feelings there. We we knew we called it what it was. Uh, second summer. Almost the exact same situation. Uh, this time, it was my supervisor who was like four or five years older than me. And, uh, you know, we dated for a few months. Uh, even again, when I went back back home, we dated for a couple months. And it was just, I don't know, man. Love seemed to just be the backdrop of, of, yeah. a, of a lot of different <laughs> scenarios. So third summer, I was like, man, I'm not doing this. I'm coming here, I'm chilling, I'm working, doing what I need to do, make this money so I can pay this tuition. And that's what it was. You know, I had friends who we were literally just friends, right? And uh, I went to work at the at the singing booth, you know, the, the Sing Star studio. And uh, my wife worked there as well, my now wife, you know, but we didn't date. We were literally just friends all summer. Um, and just like I was with 
a dozen other people when we left for the summer we all kept in contact whether it was through texting or the occasional phone call facebook um, <laughs> facebook you know what i mean facebook was popping during that summer so um it was just it was all real uh just solid friendships that i had developed and and to this day i still have lifelong friends who I've been to weddings and baby showers and uh, anniversary celebrations and graduation celebrations, but uh, some just hit a little different with, with, you know, Benita, who's my wife right now. So um, called her up, her birthday is in November. um, And and so back in November, 2004, I called her up just to tell her happy birthday, talk to her for a little while. And that conversation lasted for like three hours you know, which was way outside the norm for with any other, you know, friendship conversations that I had with her or with anybody else, you know, male or, you know, man or woman at that time who I was just cool with. Um, and so about a month and a half later, when I was on my way home to visit my family for Christmas vacation from college, um, I hit her up and said, hey, you right on the way for me visiting my family. Let's grab lunch when I'm coming through. Um, and she said, okay, let's, let's do that. And Christmas Eve, 2004, we stopped, had lunch. And, uh, and as soon as I made it back home, me and her talked from literally 11 PM to 6 AM, uh, stayed up all night on the phone, talking, chatting. And then I said, you I got to come see you again. Sleepy? I mean, I'm <laughs> you remember how them, how them conversations used to go, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh so on the way back home, uh, about a week later, I stopped and saw her and we just, we made it official and, uh, and we've been rocking ever since. So, you know, we, we fell in love relatively quickly. She, she wound up moving up here, um, during my last year of, of college, uh, a couple of years later, we had a baby, uh, a couple of years after that, we got married and, you know, we about to celebrate our 11th anniversary, our 11th wedding anniversary here in, uh, in, in about two weeks. So, from December 2004 to July 2021, we've been together and it's just been, you know, <laughs> again, I would have never met her if it wasn't for me working at Cedar Point. If it wasn't for Cedar Point. Point. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a beautiful story, Jeremy. And I and because I kind of saw it, you know, that summer to see you guys from then to now is beautiful. They have beautiful children and thank you. You know, your son gets into the writing and you know, yeah. all that stuff is like really cool. Is is when you say the backdrop of love, it was so many, it, it, it was literally like Greece, right? The summer love having <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> it was literally like that. And what was so crazy is I was hoping that that would be the thing for me that I would just, you know, fall in love at Cedar Point. And that never quite happened because I wasn't putting out. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I did have a lot of, a couple good makeout sessions. It was always some guy knocking on my dorm and, you know, I had a nice little body back there, you know, <laughs> so, uh, there was always somebody trying, but when it came to the other part of it, it was just like, well, I don't do that. So it was kind of like, they went on to the next because I'm pretty sure there's a ton, thousands of Cedar Point babies, the way they were getting it in. I'm sure. I'm sure. Cause I look. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna just say I'm sure, and that's I'm gonna leave it at that. None from me, none from me. No, see, no babies were conceived by me 
I see the point. So, <laughs> but we I know, know for sure. We know several that have. Like, listen, I know for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, thank you for joining me in this talk today, Jeremy. It felt so good to go down, you know, memory lane and thinking about all the good things at Cedar Point from Louis. Uh, I don't know if you ever went to Club Eccentricities. Uh, I heard some stories about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just my my boss, one of my bosses was a drag queen. You know, just all these different experiences. That's why I don't like I don't judge people. I don't think that they're bad people or anything because I was able to literally experience every everything that is happening now that's in the forefront happened at. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Cedar Point. I, I definitely think Cedar Point was a haven for a lot of people who could like be authentic with themselves because, again, they could leave home, come to this environment where other people like them existed. And so, you know, one of the things that people don't know, and I didn't know until I got there, was that it is a large gay community there. You know what I mean? And, and it's a community where, um, you know, the LGBTQ community can like really be alive and be themselves. Yeah. You know? And I'm so glad you pointed that out. I was going to point it out moments ago, but my, I'm old, so things slip out. But <laughs> yes, the LGBTQ plus community can truly be themselves at Cedar Point. There's no judgment. It's a good time. It's a good working environment, even though you're going to work a thousand, fifty, eleven hours. Um, but you're, there will be some employee perks like they would let us have midnight in the park. For the after hours, we could ride roller coasters in the middle of the night. They would have like a, you remember when they would, we could eat all the food we wanted. Yeah, yeah. Different things like that. Summer bash. Yeah, summer, summer bash. bash? <laughs> summer yeah, <bash>. summer bash. <laughs> that was the time. That was the time. Man. And I was when everybody just kind of dressed up in their best. Their best? Part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, we had to wear uniforms, y'all. So summer oh, bash, yeah. you get to... Be cute. <laughs> All we saw each other in was like plaid shirts and khaki shorts uh, and playing white or black shoes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, Summer Bash was a hit, man, where they just opened a <laughs> park for us, let us get free food, had DJs in certain spots. And it was it was a vibe. It was a man. I often sit and reminisce about Cedar Point and I'm like, you know, reality TV wasn't quite big yet. But if they could have chronicled our lives, we would have been a top rated, <laughs> number one show. rated show. And if yeah. somebody here hears this and it turns into a, a reality show, y'all need to call me to be like a dorm <laughs> mother or something. <laughs> Give me my coin. Um, but thanks again, Jeremy. In true Tanae Talks fashion, this is your time to give your shout out. So who you shouting out today? Sure, man. I'm going to shout out Cedar Point. Like, it's only right, right? Uh, <laughs> right? You know, again, my overall working experience there wasn't the greatest, wasn't the worst. Somewhere in the middle, I'd probably give it like seven out of ten. But again, that's just because of my mindset. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And and it, it really did provide a platform for me to have the life that I have today. Because again, without having gone there, I would not have this life that I have because I'm at my wife there. We have four beautiful children and we've built a great life together over the past 17 years. So, um, you know, shout out to my wife, my wife, Anita, my babies. Yeah, that's what I live for, man. That's what everything is about for me. Like, I, I don't do it for me. I do it for them uh, to make sure that they have the life that uh, that they want. And I feel like, you know, the, the influence that I have over what they want to. So uh, that's what it is, man.
That's what's up. Again, today's show is brought to you by the Money Mom Podcast. We talk about everything else. Let's talk about money. And shout out to Cedar Point, America's Rock and Roller Coast. I'll leave you with this thought. If you're a high schooler, graduated from high school, or you're in college, give Cedar Point a try. And I promise you, it will change your life.